Hey guys, this is Doug. Thanks for listening to What's the Hazard. I want to recognize our incredibly generous sponsors, Cheyenne Wolford of Custom Concrete Specialists, John Fallowich, Fallowich Construction Services, Jim Cover, Nebraska Department of Labor On-Site Consultation Group, Danny Arroyo, WorkSafe Consulting, and Building Omaha, a collaboration between the Nebraska Electrical Contractors Association and the IBEW. Thank you, one and all. You are true believers in workplace safety and health, and I appreciate you. All right, let's get into today's episode. It is Friday, September 30th. Uh, tomorrow is October 1st, and uh, another year is blowing by. I have no idea what's happened in the past year. It's it's incredible. Um, I'm sitting here with a friend of mine, James Clark, um, safety professional, longtime safety professional. Uh, we bumped into each other at the National Green and Feed Association conference yep. that yep. was in Omaha maybe a month ago or so. Yeah. Yep. Probably been a year at this point as fast as things go by. But, yeah. Yeah. And we hadn't seen each other, other for a while. It was good to see you. And yeah, um, you too. Um, you agreed to come on. We, you asked me what I was talking about. And I said, oh, I'm talking about this new stuff, this human performance stuff. And you're like, stuff's been around for years, dumbass. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I have just come to it and I've been really digging into it. And it's something that you're familiar with. Yeah. So I thought it would be kind of interesting. I just if- want to be clear. I didn't call you a dumbass. <laughs> okay, I, I was, right, I was right. think, I was thinking, thinking that, that. I was thinking that, but I didn't know exactly didn't call you that, but yes, but uh, you know, I know that it's been around for a while, but uh, it's kind of, you know, I'm, I'm taking it in. Yeah, so. we both are. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to absorb it, digest <clears throat> it, kind of get a handle on it. But yep. um, just for a little bit of history, uh, we probably met when you were the director of occupational safety and health for the Nebraska yeah. Safety Council. Yeah, yeah. And, and that has been a while ago. And that has been a while ago. So, yeah, that would have been the um, mid to late 2000s. Yes. And, uh, yeah, and then uh, left around in 2010. So, and mm-hmm. that was tremendous experience for, uh, for me because it's um, consulting. So, mm-hmm. in, in a way, a little bit like what you were doing at the mm-hmm. time where you got out to I was the outreach guy with OSHA at the time. Outreach, and you're able to visit with other people and find out other other industries and things like that. Yeah. And really learn about kind of how the business is done on so Mm -hmm. many levels. And And I I have to be honest, man, that was back when the Nebraska Safety Council was in its heyday. Yeah. You guys were good. Yeah. Lori, you, Chris. Mm -hmm. um, Yep. John John Lewis. John Lewis, a really good team. Yep. And yep. I'll bet that was fun. It was. It was fun. So, uh, you know, in that role, it was, uh, you know, you're out there beating the doors and drumming up the business and doing quotes and people are, you know, calling, phones ringing, you know, yeah. all the rest. So it's exciting. It, it was, was invigorating, you know. And but you then you really got to do safety as well because we did so much that was, um, you know, on demand. Right. It was, uh, you know, an employer would come to us and say, hey, look, this is the deal. This is the problem. And it's unique. And what I don't want is a canned program. Right. You know, I want something for me. So it got us really hot and heavy into yeah. developing programs, training programs, written programs that were customized for companies yeah, and that doing was... that for them, you know, quick. It was it mm-hmm. was quick. quick yeah. Normally the demand is emergent. You know, when they yeah. when something comes up and they need something. Yeah. It's not usually like three months out. Yeah. In my experience, even as my, you know, now as a consultant, people usually call you when they need something right away. So it it kind of adds an element of an excitement to it. 
you know, there's a lot of urgency, it seems like. But you but, think of, you know, other things that I've done. I was trained as a teacher. So is that right? my, my degree is chemistry and biology, secondary education. I didn't know that. So I did this wee little stint in, in education, kind of got disillusioned. You know, it was just, it's just too much. Mm -hmm. And uh, quite honestly, you know, political environments and that type of thing, you kind of wonder what's the vision, what's Even the goal? Then. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And um, a job opened up at a manufacturing facility as a chemist. Mm -hmm. And I said, you bet. Let's do it. No kidding. So started as a chemist. You might say that was my first, what I feel like anyway, real job mm -hmm. away from that. And I only did teaching for whatever that was a year and a half or something like that uh, period of time. So, but, um, but yeah. And of course, what do they tell many times the new people? We got this gig for you as well. See, <laughs> right. it, it, it doesn't take much time. See, it mm -hmm. doesn't take much time and it's safety. Right. safety and environmental but don't worry about it taking a lot of time because it won't take much time right. okay, just a collateral well, duty okay what kind of written programs do we have well we don't have much see mm -hmm. you know and i don't know if you remember 1989 90 91 we started learning about things like lockout tagout mm -hmm. that was the very beginning we started learning about confined space that was the very beginning right you know, and then all of a sudden we started learning about process safety and PSM, and that was in 93. And the new forklift standard came out then shortly after that. And before you knew it, we were regulation up to yeah, our eyeballs. Heavy. Yep. And all kind of stuff. So that was, <laughs> that was the beginning years for me in safety. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a, a collateral duty that didn't take up much time. That didn't take up much time. <laughs> right, so, right. yeah. And, yeah, those were the, those were the days. I feel for those people. I still encounter those people. You probably do too. It's just, I just, you know, yep. I'm an operations person or I'm a chemist or I'm a quality yep. person or whatever, but I have this safety thing that I'm yep. supposed to do. Yeah. But in between that time, I've also done operations manager mm -hmm. work where mm -hmm. it's basically being an operations manager or a production manager. Um, you know, you look at my career and I've done safety about as much time as I've done operations and production interesting so when you have employees and what do they need to know and the you know the details about that the messy details mm -hmm. you know those are the thing that's kind of all in my background as well as well as education and educational psychology and how do people learn mm -hmm. you know so you know i i just think that you know yeah, that's actually a really good combination of skills yeah you kind of think of well what brings me here to today mm -hmm. and what makes me still be you know uh, what i am now a corporate safety manager mm -hmm. it's all of that background put rolled into one and now all of a sudden you know you're in the place of of um you know uh, building capability and mm -hmm. people that i used to be mm -hmm. you know so yes anyway. but that that is really actually that's a fascinating combination i think about you know, what my skill set is and, and my limitations, what I wish I would have experienced because I've never actually worked. I, you know, I went right from, you know, school mm -hmm. into essentially a consulting job with the Department of Defense. I was an industrial hygienist. I started in 1987 and, and we served a number of different clients, you know, mm -hmm. our safety and health office yeah. basically was detailed to different locations within the DOD. And so we were consultants to some degree. Mm -hmm. I've never actually worked, you know, I've never made anything or done anything. Having that experience is really unique. 
um, because you speak the language of operations and understand the concepts of integrating, you know, safe work practices into those mm-hmm. operations and the adult education training piece. Mm-hmm. That's really unique, man. Yep. yep. Well, and, and it is, and on the other hand too, it, it is a bit of, um, whatever you want to say, a burden or a fault because you quickly identify, Hey, look, here's the need for improvement. Why don't we do this today? Mm-hmm. And we know the real world is not like that, <laughs> right. right? Um, right. it is somewhat it's across the bear. That's right. It, you know, it, it really is. So you need to work with the systems that you have. That mm-hmm. means the operations teams, that means the management teams, that means the C level folks then as well, mm-hmm. you know, and if you're not doing that, then quite honestly, you're not going to last there long. Mm-hmm. And that's what we find sometimes in safety professionals is that they end up jumping. They end up moving because you know what, uh, they're, they're trying to push water uphill right. and it will not happen. Right. You know, yeah, it never does. It That's interesting. Uh, that is really fascinating, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got to process that a little bit because, you know, having those perspectives, those all three of those perspectives, um, I'm sure it it helps you understand why an operations person might struggle with some of the perceived burdens of safety yeah. and vice versa yeah. as a you know, as a safety person, you know that what operations mindset is, mm-hmm. um, and, and that would be a blessing and a curse both, I would That's think. That's right. <laughs> I, I think, you know, maybe tell you just a quick story. I'll mm-hmm. tell you the beginning of the story um, and maybe save the late, uh, ending for later mm-hmm. or as we go. Yeah. Um, so I was with a manufacturing company. We made um, pumps. Uh, part of the pump was a hex shaft. So that hex shaft um, what was it? Seven, seven sixteenths hex shaft, um, had to be, um, cut and then machined and some grooves put in it. Um, basically a bearing end had to be, uh, uh machined on the end and you had a bar mill. So this was a turret lathe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there are folks that might be listening, they go, okay, I got an idea of what a turret lathe is. You feed bars into one end and then there's an operator. He, this is an old, basically an old time machine and he's cutting off bars that are various lengths and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. What happened then was that this person was holding one of the bars and he had a gloved hand. It uh, grabbed his gloved hand and brought his middle finger all the way back around to his wrist, and he dislocated his finger. Mm-hmm. Okay, nasty injury, crackerjack machinist. You just think, mm-hmm. oh, this is great. So um, my superior, which was uh, basically high up level in the company, an officer of the company, basically said, James, um, uh, you heard what happened happened to him, and I said, "Yeah, I heard him. I talked to Brian as well, you know, at home." And um, he says, "We're going to have to let let Brian go." I said, "Why? Why are we going to have to let Brian go?" I <laughs> right, said, "He just right. got hurt, you know." Right. He says, "Well, he he broke one of the cardinal rules that we have, and you know that." And the and cardinal he, rule being, being, don't he, get hurt. He was he was wearing gloves while he was. Operating, operating that machine that, yeah. and he should never wear gloves as a machinist you never wear gloves as a machinist the cardinal rule mm-hmm. and i think most folks can relate i'll stop with the story then at that okay. point and say most folks know that level of what we call compliance driven mm-hmm. safety mm-hmm. here are the right. rules you break the rules you bear the consequences Maybe that's a write-up or a reprimand or written warning. Maybe it's something worse and then we mm-hmm. jump through all the steps because it's so bad, you see, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 
has any safety manager ever had to deal with that type of situation? <laughs> I am right. absolutely in your corner. Yes. Right? Absolutely in your corner. No doubt. And so, we told you the and rule and you, and you, you broke the rule. the rule and you broke the rule. So there's going to be a, Just a punishment exactly. for that. Yeah, man, you, you, well, wow, this, this is such an interesting segue into what I really wanted to talk about because, yeah. you know, having been doing this for 35 years for 34 and a half years, I have been what has referred to by these gentlemen, the guys that write these books, we're going to talk about yeah. as a safety one person compliance control regulation. Yeah. Uh, the employee is is the issue here. If things are going smoothly, it's because the employee is following the rules that we have set That's for right. them. And when things go wrong, it's because the employee chose apparently to deviate from what I told him to do. Don't put your head in there. You know, I've told you over and over, don't put your head in there. And yet you still put your head in there. That's right. You know? yeah. um, and for 34 and a half years, I have struggled with that. I mean, I worked for OSHA for nearly 20 years, and I just always had this philosophical conflict. I didn't know. I couldn't articulate it. I, I, I couldn't tell you what was really troubling me, but it just didn't seem so cut and dried that it was either the employer's fault or the employee's fault. Mm -hmm. And we set things up so that the employer wants to blame the employee, of That's course, right. and the employee's blaming the employer, of course, and it was really conflicted for me. Mm -hmm. So about six months ago, I, I watch a lot of YouTube. I, I find some really interesting stuff on YouTube and I must have typed in safety by mistake on the search engine because uh, all of a sudden the algorithm started populating a bunch of safety videos for me. And I get these guys like Todd Conklin, mm -hmm. Sidney Decker, Decker Eric Hallnagel, all yep. these guys. Uh, and I started listening to some of their videos and I was just like, well, this is what I've been thinking. I've been experiencing these human factors things, you know? And um, so when I was down in Lincoln, or I guess it was downtown Omaha for that, yeah. that conference and you and I talked and I said, I'm going to talk about this brand new revelation called human factors. And yeah. you're like, Oh geez, man. And so you started like throwing some of the stuff out. I was like, how do you know this stuff? Well, apparently you got onto this long before I did, yeah. but I find it really interesting. I was at a conference yesterday where this stuff came up again mm -hmm. and it's not new, but it's new to me. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm just trying to figure out how all this fits together. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to throw out the, I'm going to read the five human um, performance, these factors. That's, that, that's good because I don't have a memory. No, no. And I, I didn't want you to have a memory. So, but I would like to talk about some of these things. So, this is from Todd Conklin's book, Five Principles of Human Performance. If you haven't read this book, I would encourage you to read it. It's very thought-provoking, if nothing else. And um, so Sidney Decker lays out the four principles of safety differently. Mm -hmm. They have named this, this new philosophy as mm -hmm. safety differently or right. safety two. Sometimes mm -hmm. you'll hear it referred to. Yep. Or the new, new view of safety. Yes, new view. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So mm -hmm. I'm going to throw these out and let's just talk about them yeah, a little absolutely. bit. And then you can tell me what you've seen. Yeah. Um, I love these error is normal. Yeah. Even the best people make mistakes. Uh, number two is blame fixes nothing. This is a huge one. And you, and you just touched on it. That's right. Learning and improving are vital. Learning is deliberate. Number four, context influences behavior. I love that one. Mm -hmm. And then number five, how you respond to failure matters. 
how leaders act and respond counts. Let's start with this error is normal. Yeah. This, let's just. And, and what exactly is error? Right. Right. Yes. What, what is error? So I'll give you another quick uh, incident. Okay. So we've got a machine that's got uh, product and steam and hot water. A newer employee, so he's about a month or two months old. He's been through the orientation. He's been through the safety training. He's been through everything that we think he needed. But there was a problem with the machine, and it was putting out product, and it was leaking out of the conveyor. And so what does he do? There's a little hatch right there. It has some small words on this little hatch. And he decides to unlatch it and open it and have his face right near it. And he's burned on the side of his face. Mm -hmm. Just a light burn for the most part. Mm -hmm. So in that investigation, okay, people said he made a mistake. Mm -hmm. He made an error. The question is, did he intend to open that hatch? Did he intend to open it? He absolutely intended yeah. to open it. Yeah. It wasn't a mistake. Right. He intended to it. He did it intentionally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But why did he do it intentionally? So it's got to do with, yes, error. How do we define error? What is right. error exactly? Right. You know, and then whether or not we have some sort of way to make sure that when that error takes place, you know, is there some sort of capacity that's mm -hmm. built so that that system can recover? Exactly. Right? Some sort of resilience. Yes. But, but the whole issue of error, and, and that's really when it comes down to when I look at myself, when I look at other folks and you go, well, how many errors do I make you know i've ever cut somebody off on on the road mm -hmm. or on the highway mm -hmm. and went oh my god sorry you know right you right. know you try to avoid making hand signals out the window right, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, as much as you can <laughs> yeah, yeah or looking at the other guy mm -hmm. going you know this is not good yeah but uh but anyway how many errors have i made i make so many errors well when they do it to me it is obviously intentional that's right when i do it to them it, it was inadvertent and i try to you that, know that, apologize that, it off with a wave of a hand or something that's exactly right you know but but there's rarely ever intent to harm or injure in these errors, no. obviously. And, and that's what's brought up in those books, of course, as you know, so much. Mm -hmm. so there, there, there's, there are very few people that walk into work and say, I am going to screw up this company so bad. Right. I'm going to upset the processes. And you know what? I'm going to go cut off my hand while I'm right. doing it. In the meantime, that'll show them. <laughs> I'm going to teach them a lesson. Yeah. Well, as you, and you mentioned something that these guys talk a lot about. You know, safety is not the absence of some something bad, an injury or an incident. Safety is the presence of capacity, capacity. what you refer to as capacity, this, this ability to tolerate these slight or major deviations mm -hmm. from the expected behavior. Just exactly. And so just this morning, as we were trying to get the coffee That's machine right. to work. We were trying to get that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little too sophisticated, but... Yeah, they have a coffee machine here at the studio, and we were getting coffee and chatting, and we got a cup for you, and you were enjoying this delicious, warm cup of coffee, and I put my little pot in there, and I pressed go, and we continued to talk, and I looked down, I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't put a cup in there, Yeah, and the machine said, cup not detected, That's right. and it didn't start normally, it would spew coffee all over my feet, or yeah. all over the table, and yeah. but they built capacity into it to recognize the likelihood of a human error which That's is right. going to happen and yep. it tolerated that and yeah protected me which is a simple example but it's definitely what they're doing yeah 
So, and so basically what we have is, and I know Sidney Decker talks about this too. Sometimes he talks about layers of protection being good. Mm-hmm. And, and Sidney Decker talks about layers of protection that are not necessarily good. Mm-hmm. And they need to be independent layers of protection. And many times too, in safety, maybe not 101 or 201, maybe it's 301 or so, mm-hmm. we start getting into the different types of layers of protection, right? right. And then we talk about preventative layers and mitigative layers. Mm-hmm. So in that same coffee, Mm-hmm. a machine mm-hmm. you've got a preventative layer of protection that is the cup has to be in place right before because we don't want it to overflow right but then also we have a basin underneath mm-hmm. that's the secondary containment right the mitigation uh, yeah and so that then would be that secondary layer of protection mm-hmm. to make sure that it's not going to go all over the full floor or hurt somebody in the process right so but of course in sydney decker he also talks about that they also need to be independent layers of protection mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. anyway great stuff and so talk about that a little bit so when those of us that are safety one folks have all been introduced to the hierarchy of control. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about building in capacity yeah. and you're talking about independent layers yeah. of capacity, are we referring to maybe there might be an, an, an engineering control as well as some type of a work practice control as yeah. well as PPE or something like that? Yeah. So for example, um, Sydney Decker talks about an error that nurses make with medication and they found that errors were making this, uh, 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 our um, nurses were making this error and they thought, you know what we're going to do? We're going to add another nurse. We're going to add another nurse so that when one person delivers the medication, the other one's right beside, and that will double our protection. Mm-hmm. And they found out it actually got worse mm-hmm. because the nurses know each other mm-hmm. and there's a human interaction in between. And those are not independent layers of protection. Right. We find the same thing when we, um, I don't know, maybe make an error of uh, checking fire extinguisher inspections mm-hmm. and one doesn't get checked, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So what was that? Mm-hmm. Was that an error? Did he intentionally make a mistake? Did he skip? Did he not follow the process? We know that checklists are riddled with error. Absolutely. They always are. Yes. So they are not 100%. Sorry, folks. Sorry to tell you this. <laughs> right. Sorry. Right. Is that that forklift inspection sheet may not be accurate. It may not be accurate. Yeah, mm-hmm. just exactly. He may have overlooked something, and he may have, yes, I'm sorry, ticked the box. And having one more person there exactly the same time doing exactly the same thing does not double the layers of protection. That's really a great analogy or example Mm-hmm. Because, in fact, I can I can envision why it would actually worsen. Mm-hmm. For one thing, if you are, it's almost like this codependence. I know <clears throat> if I make a mistake, someone else is there to catch it. And so maybe I'm yeah. not quite as... Uh, Sidney Decker threw out the term for it, and I can't remember. It was a mm-hmm. human redundancy factor mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. He gave a term for it, but... Um, but nonetheless, we know that, too, from a process safety world, it's exactly the same thing. We can't add another human being right. and take that as a layer of protection in a PHA, for example. Right. Yeah. That's really interesting stuff. And um, was, I think I think it was Conklin. It's in one of these books now. It's all kind of jumbled in my mind. But one of the comments they made was uh, addressing accident investigation. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they repeatedly say, start with an analysis of the system rather than the employee and the behavior, because you are going to find an error and you are going to find a deviation from some procedure. That is almost inevitable. So just assume that's the case. Now get on with evaluating the system to see 
where the system failed that employee. Mm -hmm. And that kind of in a roundabout way leads me to blame fixes nothing, but also this context influences behavior thing that really, mm -hmm. that I really. So can I take you back to the first story? Let's do, let's okay, go. Talk, talk about the, the first, so this guy, hate to bring it back up again, but he turned his finger, but he dislocated. Yeah, dislocated. This was on my watch. Mm -hmm. I was the safety guy. Sure. Okay. So the first question that should come into your mind if you're investigating this is, we hate to say this, but but why? Mm -hmm. And I probably at that time was not as versed on incident investigation techniques and planning, but I was really troubled by, you know, my leader, my supervisor telling me, James, we're going to fire Brian. Whatever you come up with, it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> right. Because we're going to fire right. Brian. And how many safety managers have heard that? Mm. How many have heard that and said, you know what? He's going to bear the consequence for the mistake that he made. Mm -hmm. So, but context drives mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. And I was determined to, you know what? I, I got to find out what Brian was wearing gloves. Mm -hmm. And really, if you think of it in a um, cause map, I don't know if anyone's done mm -hmm. cause mapping before, but, but cause map, map or um, uh, root cause, uh, you found out that in that incident, two things had to happen at the same time. One, he had to have gloves and he had to touch the part. Mm -hmm. So we have to, that's another cause. And mm -hmm. why did he touch the part? Mm -hmm. So I went to ask questions. First talked to Brian. Brian, why are you wearing gloves? Well, he's a machinist. And one thing we know about machinist and coolant on machines mm -hmm. is that folks will develop what we call like a contact dermatitis. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And he showed me his hand and he had little bumps, little red and a little flaky mm -hmm. or whatever. And it was a contact dermatitis. Mm -hmm. I said, Brian, did you ever talk to anyone about it? He says, you know, I did. I've talked to my supervisor a number of different times and said, Hey, look, I've got that. He says, you know, toughen up. Mm -hmm. I said, do you think he knew that you were wearing gloves? He said, Oh yeah, he knows. Mm -hmm. I said, I got to ask the other question. Why is it then that you were holding the part? You didn't have to hold the part. It's just supposed to cut it off clean and then it drops. You're, you know, you don't hang on to a turning part. Right. And you were doing that and the gloves. He says, I had to hang on to the part because those shafts start flopping around in the machine. And we have a specification tolerance for straightness on those pump shafts. If they're crooked, they have to all be straightened. And then they come back to me saying, I did it all wrong. Mm -hmm. I said, but couldn't we make a piece of tooling to actually hold that shaft? He said, yeah, I put in the work order for the tooling. I said, you did? Who did you deal with on that tooling? He said, gave me the name of the person. I said, so he knows that you were holding the parts. He says, yeah, he knows. Wow. That's context. Wow, absolutely. That's context. That's exactly what that refers to. That's context. So the context is, why do people do what they do? And what Sidney Decker says, of course, and what Conklin says, it all makes sense in the moment because they did what they had to do to be able to put out right. the part, the machine, the chemical, the product that you as a company exactly. wanted to produce. The vast majority of our employees are trying to do their job well, I believe. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to, I, m whenever I engage with employees, they out there, you can detect a sense of pride in the work. Yeah. Almost always. Yeah. 
you know, and, and, and if, if someone expresses interest in that, they really get excited and they start, you know, telling you all about it. And that's the goal. That's where you really learn how the work is done rather than how the work is imagined, you know, that's right. that, that that's concept. Right. And, and it's all about that context. So back to the guy that got the steam burn across his face. Uh, he says, you know, I screwed up. I said, well, tell me what happened. He says, I just, I just screwed up. I, I said, I understand that. Please don't say that again. Mm -hmm. I said, tell me what you, what you expected to find mm -hmm. in the machine. He said, well, I expected to find out why this product was leaking out the other end of the conveyor and why. And I thought I could fix it. I thought I could fix the issue. Mm -hmm. And I said, did they ever talk with you before about what's in the machine exactly? Mm -hmm. And that there is product and hot water and steam and that it's even slightly even pressurized. Did they ever talk about that? He said, well, maybe they did, but he said, it didn't ring true for me at the moment. Mm -hmm. He said, I just screwed up. I did the wrong thing. I said, look, don't say that again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so again, it's about, yes, did, did he make an error? He made a mistake on that day that most people would not have made, right. but he did something intentionally that given the context, another person will do again. Yeah, it makes sense. Absolutely. Another person will do again. It mm -hmm. made sense at the time. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's what context is. And that's how we need to find out what that mm -hmm. context is. It's, yeah, it's important because it leads to many times another system to your point earlier. Right. That may need addressing. Mm -hmm. Fascinating stuff. Yeah. And uh, those are really excellent examples. Thanks for sharing those. That, that leads me to something else that I've got a quote somewhere. <laughs> Um, oh no, more books. Yeah, more books, that, man. I, I, I am oh, just a I'm Lord a mess. Of, so this is my presentation from yesterday that I changed on the drive over. I, you know, you know how my brain works, man. So it's you were just, presenting at this, this. I gave a presentation. A, ro a rock star. I am a rock star. <laughs> and um, uh, actually, I get the after lunch slot always. So I, you know, they want me to try to at least entertain or keep people awake or. Yeah. If they need to take a nap, I'm not offended by yeah, that. And they feed them know. sandwiches, and it's a carb, carb. It, it was a carb-heavy lunch, <laughs> and then they put me up there, and they're all. <laughs> since I have no feelings, I'm not offended by that. There so that's go. usually why I get no, that slot. I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead. you're absolutely yeah. right. But here's one of the things that I put in my uh, presentation information that I thought was also fascinating. This might be from Sydney or from Todd. Planners, managers, and designers make two enormous assumptions. Mm -hmm. Number one, every day is the same. The process variability will be identified and driven out of the work before the workers start their tasks. Mm. So every day is the same. We don't leak. We don't wobble. We don't shimmy. We don't, none of that happens. That's right. Workers perform consistently and perfectly every time the work is done. The mistaken belief is that the worker will exhibit machine reliability. Mm-hmm. And that's work is imagined, mm -hmm. right? This concept of work is imagined by the people in the front office mm -hmm. versus work is done by the people out on the floor who are going to find a way, mm -hmm. you know, they are going to find a way mm -hmm. to get the work done. Yeah. And that disconnect is really that gap is what we're trying to fill, that's you right. know? Yeah. So as a consultant, I find it's really interesting I, when I, when someone retains me to go out to their plant and look around, whatever, I spend a lot of time talking to the employees, mm -hmm. you know, I'll engage the operators. I'll get them together. We'll start talking about this. How can we do this better? If I see something that, okay, maybe there's an issue here. Let's talk about it. Why do we do it this way, et cetera. What you've just described. 
And the employees are usually, if they don't feel threatened or defensive, they're usually really good about talking about, well, you know, we tried to do it this way, but they won't let us or whatever. Or they, mm-hmm. we thought this might be better, or I do it because of this. Mm-hmm. And I, I can just, I can hear the clients going, am I paying this asshole just to talk to my people? <laughs> Why isn't he doing safety stuff? You know, yeah. get out there and find some, you know, missing uh, outlet covers or something like you're supposed to do. And I'm like, <clears throat> this is the gold right here. Yeah. The answers are right here. And that's, a, that's something that Decker says, workers aren't the problem. Workers are the problem solvers. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's kind of been this conundrum as well. Yep. And not everybody really embraces that concept either. You know, it's yep. fix the employee. That's right. Fix the employee. I find that. So I, Decker makes an interesting comment. He says, well, people come to me all the time and say, well, how do I get people interested in safety? <laughs> he says, really, you're asking the wrong question. He says, it's not how do we get employees interested in safety how do we get safety people uh interested in employees wow and in the operations mm-hmm. we have to know as Dick decker says the dirty business of operations <laughs> right you know and right. and and i you know i don't mean that we have to lower in fact it's we're not lowering ourselves at all right mm-hmm. we're actually raising ourselves up to, right. to really to understand something that someone else is doing mm-hmm. puts you at a higher level not a lower level and why do we feel as though that's the wrong thing to do right. if we understand how work is really being done how the everyday person the dirty business of them doing their work and what it takes for them to actually to get a job done. Why is that lower for us? Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be. That's a great comment. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be. So when we think of, okay, let's talk about some of the systems that we use. Well, how do we do that? Right. We proceduralize it. That may be a way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But we actually have a written set of procedures. Maybe it's how to stamp out a part or, or maybe put in some tooling or maybe to run a machine or um, maybe it's uh, to run a computerized board um, for a process unit. Okay. Is all that done the same? Or what sort of variability do we have? Do we mm-hmm. have standard procedures? Mm-hmm. So not that necessarily that they're developed by this higher echelon individual that says this is the way we're going to run the plant and this is the right way to do because quite honestly what we're going to find is what you just said. Mm-hmm. Tremendous amount of variability and everybody doing it their own way. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it's a something we call a job hazard analysis. Right. Okay. It all starts right. with what? It all starts with the work tasks. Do we do this job the same? So I always compare it to something simple, changing a tire. Okay. What are the steps for changing a tire? And then, of course, what are the hazards and what are the mitigations? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows mm-hmm. that. That's safety 101, mm-hmm. right? Okay. But do we really know how the work is to be done? Mm-hmm. And do we really know that it's not going to vary? It's not going to vary at all. And you mentioned right. one before. The machine is not going to break down. Right. There's not going to be some troublesome issues that occur. You know, maybe it's a problem with the tooling or maybe it's a problem maintaining pressures in a process unit or maybe it's some technological issue. Yeah. You know, all those things come about. It's the dirty business of the work. Mm -hmm. And when we understand that, we can do that proactively. That's that pre-accident investigation Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. Conklin Mm -hmm. talks about. It's the dirty business that we get involved in to begin with. Because we know that if we can narrow down the work, that is how the work is really being done, 
And if we can somehow, and I hate to use the word standardize that because it makes it sound so rigid because mm -hmm. there are, ought to be some variability that's out there. Absolutely. Because certain individuals do have certain capacities to do things differently. Mm -hmm. So, but many companies will have a standard way of doing business. And if we can standardize that and make sure that it's not varied, we can do a much better job controlling the hazards. Mm -hmm. Can we identify hazards before we've identified the work? We can't. Right. That's right. We can't. Yeah. And nor can we mitigate. So many times we find we're mitigating hazards and we don't even know what the work is. Right. <laughs> this is something that I love. Um, the SOPs, the JHAs, you know, the, the standardization mm -hmm. where it's being written by the safety guy. Yep. Yep. Um, and oh. oftentimes the safety guy has no operational experience. None. <laughs> you know, certainly me. Yeah. I mean, people ask me, can you come in and write our SOPs? I, I mean, no, <laughs> I cannot, you know, That's I mean, right. I don't want to, you know, put off work, but I, believe me, I cannot write your SOPs. I can't even do your JHAs. I, I can facilitate that if you'll allow me time to work with there your you operators know. and maintenance people and That's things right. like that. That's right. But I don't, I can't do that. But no. I, I've seen time after yeah. time. And what do you mean, Doug? You can't ride a JHA. <laughs> what? Yeah, right. yeah. I thought you were a safety guy, for God's sake. <laughs> and you said you're how old again? No. Exactly. Yeah, no no doubt. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. And um, it's, it's one of the, that's one of our battles, one of our it struggles, is. obviously. You yeah. know. But to me, that's where this building capability, capability and capacity, mm -hmm. that's to me is the bottom line where it starts. With that, with that. Yeah. work instruction it, it does because mm -hmm. folks have to know that if if we're not following the same work process if we're deviating from that work all the time if one guy's doing it one way and another guy's got a better way let's all find the better way right right let's find exactly. the better way because right. it is about that and then at that point we can do a much better job identifying hazards and mitigating and mm -hmm. all of that's part of being proactive and identifying the context mm -hmm. of the work the dirty business of the mm -hmm. work how is the work really being done? And and a willingness for, on the part of management or leadership to accept that information from employees. You, Absolutely. You, talk, you mentioned this. You just mentioned this. But if we have a work procedure that we believe is appropriate for a given task and the employees have developed a better way, they need to trust that if they come to us with that better way, first of all, they're not going to get punished for deviating from just the exactly. procedure. And second, that we will, in good faith, consider that. And if it, if it is a better way, and it doesn't violate any, mm -hmm. any, any legal or yep. you know, um, conceptually safety type, that's right. Operations, we should probably incorporate that. But I know employees in work environments where they are reluctant to bring that stuff forward because they don't trust that they're yep. not going to get hammered for that. Yeah, yep. and that's a shame. Yep. Which kind of brings up one more little topic that those guys bring up, and you know this or whatever. It's this thing that we call stop work authority. Mm -hmm. And I what does what does Conklin say about stop work authority? Well, he he is a proponent of you know uh, start work. Yes, uh, you know that That's that right. concept that you know being able to identify the the uh, antecedents of a failure is really difficult other than those situations where we have an imminent danger type thing that's right where we can say hey wow you, you know get off the top of the ladder or whatever that mm -hmm. might be but mm -hmm. it's really hard to anticipate an impending failure that's right much better to 
go through the start work process and ensure that all the controls are in place before you proceed. Yeah. Yeah. I, that so, was brilliant. Yeah. And he, he really, uh, and Decker as well, b- both of them say stop work authority is kind of worn out its usefulness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a neat term. It's a, it, it's whatever bu- nice. buzzword. It sounds nice yeah, or whatever that we've given you as an employee. You. Yeah. We've given you this power. See, <laughs> to stop all the machines in the plant, you have, you have this power, you know, <laughs> right. but is anyone really exercising it? And the answer is oh, not on no. your, not on your life. <laughs> right. Who's going to stop this? Company? Hell no. Who's <laughs> Stop the plan. You know, I mean, yeah, who's going to do that? Harold over here, he's new. He's uh, 20 years old and he just got out of safety training. (laughs) James has told him to stop the plan. Anytime you feel unsafe, (laughs) stop work. Exactly. Yep. And no one, no one does it. That's so funny. Yep. And why would you? There's no way I'm doing that. Yep. And it's to your point. And, And that's exactly what the guys, of course, point out. And that is what individual is really able to predict when they're going to get hurt or when they're going to get injured. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's the other way around. We want to do a good job. We want to perform for you as employer. We want to make product. We want to keep getting paid. We want to do all those things. Mm -hmm. And if that means that, you know what, I'm a little sweaty and maybe my back is a little stiff or whatever. And you know, if that means even if I had to stick my hand in the machine once in a while and it's unguarded, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And they do it. Right. They do it. Absolutely. You know, and then we, we yep. blame them and persecute them. That's right. And then when that, yeah, and that one out of a thousand times he sticks his fingers in there and he cuts off his tip, yeah. we go, you're fired. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I know, man. It, it really is um, an awakening of sorts because I think we all understand these things. Once you, once you read them, when they're well articulated, you're like, I get that. That makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah. Let me read the last one. How you respond to failure matters. Mm-hmm. How leaders act and respond counts. Let's talk about that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Like we've touched on it. Like yeah. you're going to be fired if you miss the procedure. But yeah. just in general, how how a leader responds. I know it sounds like you have adopted a somewhat different approach to yeah. your response, but yeah. So so I'm I'm with my family on a Saturday night, and I'm trying out a new recipe on my smoker. Right. I love it. And, and it's a chicken breast bacon wrapped. Right. And you put it in the smoker and it's an hour and a half and then you finish it out on the grill. And I've got my four kids and their spouses and the grandkids and, and, and it's a great recipe, you know, and, um, I'm finishing it up cause I've had it set in the brine for a while and I'm wrapping the bacon, you know, I'm about ready to set it on the smoker and the phone rings and says, James, can you come at the plant at once? Uh, we've overturned uh, a rail car, hazardous materials. Uh, it went on a runaway car. It hit a derail and a ro- ro- the full car rolled down an embankment is leaking out. Can you come? And then they asked me, you know, after I'm there for an hour, James, you're always so calm. Why is it that you're so calm and you just know exactly what to do? And I said, it's a lie. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm not calm <laughs> at all, mm-hmm. but I have to be. And mm-hmm. I said, that's the reason you called me. Right. You know? And how we respond to those situations, you know, it's dealing with it at the time. And how do we um, make the situation, how do we recover from this? So one book that you don't have in there is is one of Conklin's that has to do with fatalities. Mm. And he goes into this issue a lot. He goes into, because he did that. He's done that for a lifetime uh, almost now. And that is responding to fatalities and helping companies recover mm-hmm. after a bad day. Yeah. 
you know, and you yeah. think of a safety manager's job at a plant level or whatever that they're doing that all the time. Mm -hmm. But many times they're taking the view that their superior is probably taking. And that is, you know what, who did what wrong and let's grab them, lock mm -hmm. that guy in a room over here, like that guy in a room over there and let's interrogate them mm -hmm. and find out who's fault right it is exactly and that, that's exactly it yeah and so you can see here a little bit of the the, the issue and that is people will respond to that mm -hmm. people know oh without question yeah if there was something that was you might say wrong done the person knows it right away mm -hmm. the question is the the system that we use Mm -hmm. the systems that are all around what it takes to be able to maybe to finish just real quick, the, the story then of Brian. Okay. So did I go to a supervisor and ask him if he knew that Brian was wearing gloves? I did. Mm -hmm. I said, Brian was wearing gloves at Yeah, he knows, he knows better. He shouldn't have been wearing gloves. I said, did you know that he's got a little skin problem? At first he said, no, I don't know anything about that. I said, you know, he told me that you he told you. And I said, I think there's other people that know that too. And I said, did you do anything to help him at all? Mm -hmm. He said, I, I didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. I said, that's the reason he was wearing gloves. Mm -hmm. Okay. I went to the tooling supervisor and said, Hey, look, do you have a work order for a bar holder so that Brian doesn't have to hold the bar? He said, yeah, it's here somewhere. I said, tell me the level of priority that that gave. He said, well, I put it in there along with everything else. I said, did you see that as a safety issue? He said, why should I? It was no safety issue. It's a quality issue of the bars being out of spec out of and they spec. were bent. Mm -hmm. He said, that was no safety issue. I said, did you know that he was holding those bars? I never knew that. I said, how do you think he was able to, to achieve that level of quality <laughs> right. and continue to run the machine if he didn't hold the bar? Mm -hmm. the bars every single one of them <clears throat> he said well yeah i guess i knew that too mm -hmm. i took that all back to my supervisor and said you fire that man i said mm -hmm. and your head will spin on a swivel when yeah. we get a lawsuit yeah i mm -hmm. said you want to do anything you want to i don't really don't care i just need to warn you of that. right right and interestingly and, if i don't I, I don't mean to interrupt you because it's a great story it 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 loose illustrates elucidates what am i trying to say yeah. but it's it's but those guys did what they did for a contextual reason as well just exactly each one of them did and that's got to do with the systems mm -hmm. that we operate so to me how we respond to those situations or how we respond to systems type you know you might say corrections okay and i don't even want to use the word error because they're not because when you think of our systems that are out there, you know, whether that's, uh, you know, operational systems, quality systems, and all the systems within quality or safety or operations, all of those things need correcting or adjusting at any point in time. Mm -hmm. And it's almost always due to some sort of incident, failure, event, if we want to use that word event that takes place and then that's when we correct it or it's done proactively as we had talked about before it can be done at any point in time and each one of those are failures so my, my point is is that how operations responds to their operation at a whole as a whole is how safety is going to go 
Safety is one of those. Many times we say safety first, safety number one. Those guys would say that's a misnomer. We shouldn't mm -hmm. talk that way mm -hmm. because the fact of the matter is operations, production, quality, all these things are important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and they're, they're inseparable, really. They really are absolutely inseparable because they're headed by the, the same group of people. And that's our management team. That's our operations mm -hmm. and so forth. And how we respond to a quality error, you know, product is shipped wrong to a particular customer or maybe off spec that we have to rework, right? How we respond to that is the same as what we respond to a safety incident. It's no different. Mm -hmm. We can't say, okay, how do we improve safety and not improve quality mm -hmm. or productivity or any other part of the operations of the plant, right? Mm -hmm. Or the facility or the operation. Mm -hmm. It's it's all done in in the same context. Mm -hmm. So and Absolutely. and it's how we respond to that failure or that opportunity, if you want to use that word, or event, mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. we want to use that word. Mm -hmm. We lost a big client, you know. Well, we lost it. It's it's gone. It's a lost opportunity. Well, mm -hmm. what caused it? What do we? How do we look at that? Mm -hmm. You know, and so forth. Interesting. So, do we see those as learning opportunities? You know, opportunity for learning and getting better. Is what Conklin says. Learning is vital, right? Yep. I mean, yep. critical. And it's all related to that context. Mm -hmm. Wow. So interesting, man. Yep. I had no idea you were this deep a thinker. <laughs> I, say Sorry. That, I say that lovingly, yeah. you know, but the really interesting stuff. And, and it's obvious that you have really given this a lot of thought and, yep. and, it, and its application. Yep. And you said my background, that was very interesting and it was good. I say it's a curse mm -hmm. because you think of all those things. You mm -hmm. think of the interactions of people and why people do what they do. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. And, and that has always been the challenge. How do we get people to do the right thing? Yes. Why don't my employees do what I'm, they're told? That's right. You know, um, I was, there was a speaker that followed me at this thing yesterday. I don't have his card. I got his card. Um, he's a process guy, interesting guy. And he was talking about, so I woke up about four this morning, envisioning a t-shirt that I want to make that on the front, there is this, this almost like laminate layering of production, quality, safety. And he was talking about that is not, we don't layer safety on top of this. It's truly just this inseparable integration, what you were just describing. All of these things are treated the same systemically. They're, you know, failures are investigated the same. They're really all, and I'm, so I'm now as a chemist, yeah. I'm envisioning this, you're pouring this into the mix and it's just all one homogenous, yeah. you know, solution at some point. Mm -hmm. You can't see the layers. They don't mm -hmm. exist separately. Yeah. What do you call that as a chem? I mean, is that, homogenous is that what i'm trying to say or probably maybe maybe an emulsion an emulsion all uh -huh. that solute is uh -huh. is is dissolved in mm -hmm. the solution mm -hmm. i was a biochemist so i know a little bit yeah, you know I, I wasn't smart enough to be a chemist no um, I'm, I'm not either i tried i, I faked it yeah man yeah. but it's but <laughs> I, that's what i envision yeah. you know something that actually makes sense in my mind but as he described it i totally agree i mean you know mm -hmm. for for years Safety has been this add-on that we just, okay, we, we work mm -hmm. and then we got this safety guy over here. Yes. And now know? we're going to do safety and he takes care of safety. Yeah. We teach the guys how to do their job and then he teaches them safety mm -hmm. and oh my God, 
you know, you look at that in retrospect and think, what were we thinking? That's right. You know, we just work. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that, you know, in my mind, there has always been safety, which is a thing. I think it's like a subject or a noun or Mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. And then working safely Mm -hmm. is kind of a, you know, safely is kind of a modifier of an action of a verb, you know, this adverb, but it really is just work. Mm -hmm. And all of that other stuff is just, you know, a a lame attempt at trying to describe working efficiently with capacity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And capacity is really learning. So many times we say, um, you know, safety training, Mm -hmm. we're going to, we're going to conduct a safety training. Mm -hmm. Well, why do we say that? Why don't we say safety education, Mm -hmm. you know, and education implies building capability and capacity mm-hmm. as opposed to training. And I was at Conklin that made the comment and said, well, if you send your uh, junior high kid or whatever uh, to um, sex training, <laughs> what do you, what do you think <laughs> right. they're going to learn? Right. Well, we don't want to call it that. We call it sex education. Right. Not, not, not that there's, I don't know why I said that. No, that's you know, absolutely. Right. I mean, I, that makes sense. You so, get that. Yeah. So, really what we're doing is trying to make sure that those folks know what they need to know and apply it to their daily apply, mm-hmm. apply it to their daily work. Mm-hmm. So to your point, it's the integration mm-hmm. of safety into operations. Safety isn't something we do on the side or make a topic or a subject or talk about at the beginning of the shift. It's how we do our work. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, so I don't even know where we are time wise. Do you have any idea what the time is? Never. No. Try not to keep no, track of time. Let me no. check real quick because oh, we're over time because the hour goes so quickly and yeah. there's so much more I want to talk yeah. about, man. Learning teams. We didn't talk about learning teams at all. We have not talked about learning no. teams and I'm interested in your, I think you've just kind of given me a little bit of insight into your vision of safety yeah. education yeah. as opposed to training. I would love to talk about those things. Can you come back sometime? Absolutely. You live around yep. here close enough that we yeah, can convene. Uh, yeah, I think we're neighbors. I think we're probably no. neighbors. <laughs> we might live on the same street, man. I usually, I'm i a recluse to some extent. Yeah, there you go. But this is fascinating. And, man, I, I hope that wasn't disparaging when I said I didn't think you were – I didn't know you were a deep thinker. <laughs> I've always known you were a deep thinker, and I've always known you're a true believer. You know, like me, you are enthusiastic about this Absolutely. stuff, and we're always trying to learn yep. more. Yep. Uh, this information is so interesting to me. So we're going to have to schedule another time to talk about Sounds learning great. teams, education, Happy to do it. those types of things. You bet. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Appreciate your time. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. I have been, it's really fascinating stuff. Um, have a great weekend. The smoking thing sounds good. I think yeah. that chicken recipe that sounds this weekend. exceptional. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Everybody have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Uh, we will be back next Friday. And it might be James. Come tune in and see. Uh, We'll talk to you later. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. A Huda Media Production.